Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Michael Marks has supported independent tech news directly for five years. Be like Michael. Become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Thursday, January 10th, 2019. Back in Los Angeles, I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. From Oakland, California, I'm Justin Robert Young. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. We are back from the Consumer Electronics Show, which is still going on. One piece, one piece, But one we made piece. it back in uh, in at least one piece, if not more. <laughs> uh, and Justin Robert Young, it's good to be back with you uh, in Oakland, the home of the Raiders. Uh, well, I'll tell you, for, 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 for another year anyway. Or before they make their way to the home of CES. Or will they they play in San Diego? Who knows? That's sports, though. We're here to talk about technology. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. Lexar is back in the SD card storage business after briefly not even being a company anymore. But it's back, and it's making a splash with a one terabyte splash. That's right. You can buy a one terabyte Lexar SD card for $500 or even cheaper at places like B&H that are running some sales. You might ask, why? And I say, stop. It's one terabyte. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. (laughs) The Wikimedia Foundation announced that it has partnered with Google to integrate Google Translate into Wikipedia's content translation tool used by editors. The number of languages supported by the tool will rise from 106 to 121. As a result, the the tool creates a translation of an article that can then be reviewed and improved by native speakers. The translations will be published under a free license and no personal data would be uh, stored or shared with Google. All right. Xiaomi announced the 6.3-inch Redmi Note 7 phone with a 48-megapixel camera on it. The phone has a circular display notch on the front, a rear fingerprint sensor, and then that 48-megapixel camera is part of a dual rear camera system that can do 48 million 0.8 micron pixels or, by using both lenses, 12 million 1.6 1.6 micron pixels, so bigger pixels. Sensor is actually pretty large. It's half an inch. Starts at 999 yuan, uh, 
That's about $150 US. So Redmi is the bargain brand for Xiaomi, and it's coming to China first before it'll hit India and other regions around the world. Google announced its built-in ad blocker, which is already on Chrome in Europe and Canada and the U.S., will also launch in all countries July 9th. The ad blocker follows guidelines developed by the Coalition for Better Ads trade group that prohibits pop-ups and autoplay with sound. Good on ya, among other things. Google warns that websites that are not in compliance before blocking their ads and says that two-thirds of previously non-compliant publishers are now in good standing. All right. Let's talk a little more about Samsung. They're uh, giving the the thumb in their nose at Mobile World Congress, Justin. Yeah, you want to know what? Forget the uh, down with Congress, says Samsung, as they've announced an event. (laughs) Congress is shut down, Samsung. Yeah, we're shutting it down. Enough, enough. Why is the White House going to have all the fun? Samsung announced uh, an event on Friday, February 20th at the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium in San Francisco with a simultaneous keynote in London. The Wall Street Journal reports that the company plans to announce three new Galaxy S10 models, a lower-end Galaxy S10 Lite with a 5.8-inch display, Galaxy S10 with a 6.1-inch display, and a Galaxy S10 Plus with a 6.4-inch display, all for a March release. And a new foldable smartphone dubbed the Galaxy Fold. Samsung reportedly decided to move its announcement before Mobile World Congress in Barcelona, which takes place on February 25th to the 28th this year, to get ahead of Huawei, which plans to announce their own foldable smartphone at the trade show. Origami. Sorry, uh, uh, Tom, my origami (laughs) spawn is ringing. (laughs) Uh, I think I used to do my laundry at the Galaxy Fold. Uh, in Austin, it's a, it's a good place. I well, what else would you call it, really? I mean, that's the line, right? So, I, you've, well, you've but got Samsung, a- it's the Galaxy A10, the Galaxy S10. Wouldn't it just be the Galaxy FU10? <laughs> well, I, I, for fold no. up, that's what I'm. <laughs> yeah, of course. I. Uh, this this is great uh we're gonna get the new s10 models a little earlier uh and they won't get lost in the mobile world congress good good for you samsung we'll we'll pace it out a little bit uh foldables as we saw at ces uh get a lot of attention that royal uh, as clunky as it was everybody was was elbowing each other out of the way to to get to see that that foldable from, from royal so so yeah samsung uh in a bitter battle with huawei because Huawei is dominating them in China, and Samsung doesn't want that to happen to them elsewhere, uh, one, wants to get a step on them, right? And and make sure that everybody knows about their foldable and how much better it's going to be before they hear about the Huawei one. That uh, This all makes sense to me, if it's true. Well, and, and also, it's not like Samsung won't have some kind of presence at uh, a Mobile World Congress in the of same course. way that, that technology companies that don't present at CES still have a presence at CES, if even... Uh, in an unofficial capacity, this is kind of a trend that we've seen uh, uh, throughout all uh, media. You don't need to go to the big event anymore. Nintendo doesn't have to go to E3. Uh, Apple doesn't have to go to uh, CES or even uh, the the, the uh, Mac World. Like they can do whatever I mean, they want and make their own announcements. Well, and- it's also just it's timing, right? If Samsung can announce their foldable phone before everybody else does, which is guaranteed to be in Barcelona at the end of February, then at least they 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 can control the press, the tech press for what, a week? Yeah. So, no, exactly. And then everybody who goes to MWC immediately wants to go see 
the the S10 if they haven't already, right? I mean, all the press will have seen it by that by them, but but uh, but a lot of the distributors and retailers that, that that might show up will be like, all right, yeah, well, I'm going to be in Mobile World Congress. Can't wait to get my hands on that and see what it looks like. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, I I sure this is all great. I'm looking forward to February 20th. <laughs> The Advocate General and advisor to the EU's top court said that Google can limit its compliance with the right to be forgotten request to searches made within the European Union, backing an appeal by Google against a French fine. Now, France's CNIL Data Protection Authority restated its view that the right should apply regardless of the location of the person doing a search. The European Court of Justice usually follows the advice of the Advocate General, though they're not bound to. So yeah, it, it, if you're like, wait a minute, what 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 is was that? Basically, the advice the Advocate General said European laws shouldn't apply outside of Europe. Uh, if, if Google is is complying with these requests to people who are within Europe when they try to search on Google, that's all we should care about. If some Canadian is searching and the right to be forgotten listing shows up in Canada, that's not our problem. Uh, now it would be interesting if if the court decided to go against the advocate general which is not impossible but it's highly unusual so most people are treating this as the last word uh and and therefore google won this round at limiting the right to be forgotten to europe which i mean maybe i'd feel differently if i was more in favor of the right to be forgotten as a strong rule or maybe if i lived in europe but to me this just seems like it makes sense uh european rules should only apply in europe Sure. Uh, although you can never be too sure if you are talking about European regulations, which have a way of finding themselves in many, many different places where, as uh, at least by an American standard, uh, you would not think that they would make their way. So I think that for Google, this is a, 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 a more important victory than uh, we might think initially, because you yeah. never know where it can go. <laughs> It makes me think of the the conversation around the GDPR uh, sometimes was, hey, this is great because even though it only applies to Europe, it's going to cause better privacy protection elsewhere. But that wasn't a legal effect. It was a knock-on effect. It was companies saying, well, if we're going to have to deal with GDPR in Europe, we might as well apply these rules everywhere because it's just cheaper. It's more efficient, whatever. This is different. This is Google saying, no, it's it's perfectly fine for us to just remove it in our uh, in search engines for people searching from Europe. We don't want to do it elsewhere. And and the advocate general is saying, well, you shouldn't be forced to by the law. By the way, I, I wanted I want to point out when we were talking about the foldables, I'm sure there's a couple of people out there like, but why do I want a foldable? We we've discussed that a few times over the past few days. That's why we sort of skipped that conversation. But we will return to it, I'm sure, on February 20th. So stay tuned. A study published in the Science Advances Journal found fewer than nine percent of Facebook users shared fake news links during the 2016. U.S. election, not the midterms, the presidential election of 2016, fewer than 9%. But most of you would have guessed it was a higher amount. Most of those were shared by people older than 65. Now, this wasn't just because, oh, well, it was only shared by conservatives and they're all old. Even when you control for ideology and party, turns out people older than 65 tend to share fake news more than other people. There's lots of suppositions on why that would be. There's There's been plenty of evidence that as you get older, all of us become a little more susceptible, a little less critical, and so that can be having an effect. The researchers relied on domains from journalist Craig Silverman combined with lists from fact-checking organizations in order to determine what was actually fake. Uh, so they weren't just making it up by saying, ah, that looks fake to me. They, were, they had some outside information. The survey was planned before the election, 
and the discussion about the effect of social media on the election. So they weren't looking for this effect going in. They were just looking for behavior. They also looked at the actual behavior. They got people to agree to share their Facebook behavior. It wasn't just self-reported. So this is actual behavior on Facebook. Andrew Guess and his co-authors published a separate study last year on the consumption of fake news that found very similar things that it tends to be older people who consume them as well. And Guess told Ars Technica, it isn't the case, it is not the case, that fake news was being spread by people who were undecided or moderate which I think would need to be the case in order for this to have big effects for people to be swayed by this content. So now two studies from the same group indicating that if you want to stop fake news, uh, maybe don't target the kids. Maybe don't target the moderates. Uh, maybe target Tar- the older target people. The yeah. Uh, you know, that would be consistent with what we have seen of uh, known actors that have spread uh, certain memes that, that have become publicly available. They are not targeted at moderates. They are targeted at people with very, very, very entrenched opinions. Uh, the the Russian troll farms that were infecting our timelines very much were playing on confirmation bias. And this is something that is a larger problem around the Internet. Uh, however, it does not surprise me that it is, uh, you know, 65 and up. Look, uh, we all at a certain point believe that we are drifting away from the pulse of, mm-hmm. of the mainstream. Uh, uh, this is something that happens naturally for for older folks who are on Facebook. This is a bright, new, shiny world where information is coming at you faster than it ever has uh, in your life. And you have more perspective on how impressive that is uh, comparable to when you were younger. So. Yeah, and, and all kidding aside, it's like we all have we can all point to services, apps, whatever, you know, the shiny new new thing where I'm like, I don't know. I know kids like it, but I don't really get it. TikTok, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in I'm in the business of trying to get it as much as possible. Mm-hmm. But imagine if that wasn't my livelihood, uh, being able to share news in a way that seems legitimate, you're trying to you know be social and all of that stuff as an older person i can see how confusing that actually is well i mean i think you touched on something it's 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 almost generational like with every new media advancement whether it's radio television you know that there has been a schism as people try to place contextual things that they've used to know onto a new medium and try to work within those boundaries which you know don't often apply and so you know they're 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 applying rules from something else to something new that, you know, to them is as alien as, as like uh, okay. radio would have been to someone with you. A couple things here. First of all, uh, we're, we're starting to tend to sound like, you know, old people, they just can't do it right. Uh, and there are plenty of people who are over 65 who are very offended right now. Like, I know exactly how to use Facebook. <laughs> Don't insult me. We're not talking about you. No. Uh, and, and honestly, this, this study says, look, the people who we studied, know how to use Facebook very well. They weren't confused on how it worked. They just got they just got tricked into believing they were sharing something real when they weren't. Uh, and that doesn't have to do with tech savviness. That that that's something else. No, well, I, yeah, I, 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 I agree, Tom. It, it, you you can have a full look. They had enough of a knowledge of how to use Facebook to share it. Right. They, they, they had enough of knowledge of how to use that platform to do it. The question is exactly how much more time they spend on the Internet or is Facebook the largest way that they interact with people? And if those are the channels in which they're seeing, then I, how could you possibly blame somebody? 
Well, let's move on to some privacy issues that affect people of all ages, shall we? The Intercept reports that sources say Amazon's Ring security cameras have some privacy issues. Specifically, one source says that back in 2016, Ring provided its Ukraine-based research and development team access to an unencrypted folder on Amazon's S3 cloud storage service that contained every video created by every Ring camera around the world. Now, you might say, okay, well... What does that mean? The information reported similar practices last month, and apparently the Ukraine team had access to a database that linked each specific video file to corresponding specific Ring customers. So if you wanted to look at anything that was going on in a Ring customer's home, if they had a Ring camera set up, set up, all you needed was their email address. Now, Ring says it only uses videos for computer vision training that it has permission to use and has zero tolerance for abuse of our systems. Yeah, uh, this article from The Intercept struck me as a little bit sensationalist. It spends a lot of time talking about how silly it is that they were, you know, they talk about their machine learning and yet they had people circling things to identify them. That's actually pretty typical in in training machine learning. You have humans come in uh, and you you have them teach the machine. So so that wouldn't necessarily be a a problem to have people looking at the videos. Now, if the videos were not supposed to be shared with anyone else, that would be a a violation of Ring's privacy. Ring says that doesn't happen. Uh, The Intercept says otherwise. And it sounds like to me that Ring was taking shortcuts, that... They said, look, let's give the engineers who are involved in this project access to this database. It's going to mm-hmm. take too much time to encrypt it. It's going to be too costly. We'll just trust the engineers not to share it. And that's important to realize. Nothing was shared. It doesn't, there, there doesn't seem to have been, been a leak. There aren't any horrible stories like there were with the Uber God mode uh, of following reporters around. It doesn't but seem it, like but, anything but bad you actually. God mode and it does sound like what was happening, at least no, according but, but to No, but there were examples with Uber where they were you know, saying, we actually followed people. Here, sure. it, it, it looks like maybe employees looked at each other's cameras. But it exactly. Does, again, it sounds there, like more of a get a load of this guy yeah but there was no there's no there's no story that they spied on someone and 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 looked at someone's camera it's that they had the ability to do that they had the access to do that anyway i i I make that point because it's easy to overreact especially in this day and age to this story and what ring did was take shortcuts uh that they shouldn't in this climate uh i i i think that yeah this one was also a little a little, uh, little, little, little sensationalistic, uh, and and it's one of those things where I really wish there was more context into how this engineering team was put together and exactly how yeah. long uh, and and how difficult it was to get access to what they had. But it was a bad thing. They they should have done it right. They should have encrypted it and they should have limited access. And yeah. and 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 they say that they don't allow it. And I I hope that's true now, even if it wasn't in the past. WeChat executive Zhang Xiaolong, a.k.a. Allen, uh, spoke for four hours Wednesday at WeChat's annual conference. Uh, That's a long speech. Well, I know. He's a rock star to WeChat. You had government people there. You had housewives there. Like, this is one of those stories where, like, hey, folks, you know, you should realize, get outside your bubble. Uh, It's not all about Tim Cook and Steve Bezos in the world. Uh, Or Jeff. Or or Jeff. (laughs) It's it's not all about Steve Bezos either. (laughs) That guy. I don't even know who he is, but stop talking about it. What a scam. While many apps are accused of manipulating people to spend more time on them, WeChat says its goal is to make user sessions short and efficient. WeChat has more than a billion daily users. 
three quarters of whom check WeChat moments, the news feed of friends updates more than 10 times a day. So this is same scale, same problem as Facebook. Uh, and so they're saying the same things. We want, you know, quality interactions. Uh, the 65 plus crowd is its fastest growing. So they may be starting to deal with a fake news issue of their own. Who knows? Uh, currently 65 million people at 65 plus in their audience. WeChat now has more than a million mini programs. It's not just a messaging app anymore. It, it's a thing that you can uh, do your taxes on. You can renew government documents on. You can pay for things on. You can shop on. Uh, mini programs are accessed by 200 million people a day and there's no app store. You, you just search for stuff or you, you connect with a, a brand or a business and, and they offer you the mini program. Uh, so I, I threw this in the lineup because I, I want to reset people's perspectives. Like you, we don't talk about WeChat enough. This, this has got a billion users. And yes, mostly in China, almost entirely in China. But right. that's still a huge but, scale. And it does everything. Within the app, well, not everything. Pretty much, though. Fold right? your laundry, but it, you probably book somebody too. Yes, yeah. it is. It is a, uh, at least in the U.S., it's something that is 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 actually quite foreign to us. We don't have anything equivalent. I don't know what would it be. Facebook Messenger doesn't do this. Doesn't do no, all the stuff that like WeChat to. does. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But we're, we're nowhere near that. Long time ago, when we were having conversations like this about companies like WeChat on on Tech News Today about chat as a service, that was the hot thing a few years ago. Uh, WeChat got to where we thought it would go, and none of the American competitors really have, which is interesting. Definitely is. Well, you know what else is interesting? <laughs> Blackout shades. IKEA will start selling its smart blinds, dubbed Furter. I don't know. My Swedish isn't that great. Starting April 1st, the blinds are made of a blockout fabric, which blocks out the sun when the shades are drawn. And they don't need any electrical installation. Instead, they use a lithium-ion battery pack that can be recharged with an included USB power brick when you buy a blind. Blinds can run independently or they can run as a group. If you want to raise them all or lower them all as a group in your home, you can do that via a wireless remote or when paired with either Trade Fee, which is IKEA's own smart home Wi-Fi hub, or by any phone or tablet that supports Apple's HomeKit, Amazon's Assistant, or Google Assistant as well. No official U.S. price yet, but in Europe, they're going for between $113 and $181, that's U.S. dollars, with sizes up to 76.8 inches wide. So that is per shade. Yes, to one eighty one. That's per, correct. So if you yes. want to put them all up around your uh, your house, that that that's gonna. That's if gonna if you've fun. got ten windows and you want them all to work in conjunct conjunction, it's going to be a bit of a yeah a, yeah yeah. On the price. one hand, a drop in the bucket. It's perfectly IKEA to not have these have to be plugged in, right? You just set them up and they go, and that's Ikea. You set up your Billy bookcase and, and then you start putting the books on it, right? I, I, I get the sort of the gist. Not that they don't plug in their lamps or anything, but but yeah, the installation should be relatively do-it-yourself, relatively simple. You shouldn't have to have specialized needs. And and other and if you had to wire this into your power system, you might. So this, this gives you the flexibility to put it everywhere. On the other hand, I want to have to recharge my blinds. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and also would say it really, uh, uh, it depends on where you're plugging that brick in, right? Yeah. I mean, do I have to get a, a ladder? I mean, if you think it's annoying that something ran out of batteries, imagine if you had to go get a ladder every time it happened. 
I mean, I, I guess I assume you could put the the brick down on the floor, but then I don't know. Yeah, you know. because the brick is talking wirelessly to to the blinds. But yes, they're they're. I don't know. I love, especially because in my house now I have these. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the blinds where you like raise and lower them without a string. You just yeah. raise and lower the blinds themselves. Horrible. Hate them. I would love to have this as a solution, especially because it's like, I don't know, at 10 a.m., lower everything. At 4 p.m., raise everything. Yeah. That sort of thing. I would. I, I love the idea of smart blinds. Google, lower the love, blinds. Look, as somebody who has three darling little cockatiels living in the same room that I sleep in, <laughs> Uh, out anything is a must if Mm -hmm. you dare to sleep beyond a certain hour uh and i would love to have it a more automated system than trying to draw uh draw a curtain well yeah and having blackout curtains means you are more likely to oversleep even though you sleep well so being able to tell your assistant like uh, raise the blinds at 7 30 a.m you know yeah that's pretty cool it is pretty cool Smartphone case Spigen is partnering with a startup called Osea for wireless charging that lets you keep your phone in your hand. A prototype of the Forever Sleeve works with a base station that beams RF power to the case. Osea showed off the concept at last year's CES with a hope to launch by the end of 2018. This year, they have a partner, but say 2020 is more likely. Another company called Engenerous is developing a similar system. Both are only powerful enough to charge Babe. Not Ellen DeGeneres, Energis. Energis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is a solution to the blinds. I didn't even think about that till just the second. Yeah. You get the IKEA. You, get on it. You get the Osea wireless charging. That's just constantly charging your blinds battery. Done. Uh, anyway, no. This is meant to be. Uh, again, they're working with Spigen uh, uh, to to make cases so that when you're in your house. Presumably, I mean, this thing can go around corners, but, you know, it's probably only going to cover a small. uh You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market. 
perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. Area, But the idea is you don't have to keep your phone plugged in. You can leave it in your pocket, leave it in your handbag, whatever, and it will stay topped up. Uh, it's not powerful enough to do laptop batteries or anything like that, but... Yeah, I mean, instead of having to say, oh, you know what, I need to plug this in, or even if you have a wireless charging that you have to, you have to lay the phone on, you won't have to leave it there. You can, you can just stop thinking about where you put your phone. Uh, I've always thought this is kind of a holy grail uh, for where we're going, considering we need more and more things that have batteries, and we are at, to the point where we are complaining about where the charging port is on our blinds. Uh, uh, so I, I think <laughs> this is a very, very, very helpful technology that I hopefully will continue to go forward and I'm already seeing the headlines that it'll, you know, uh, give us cancer or something like that, but I'll take it. Give us a year to talk about at next CES, why it's not shipping till 2021. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it'll be interesting to see. Last year, they just showed off the technology. This year, they have a partner, so they're making progress. Hey, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to dailytechheadlines.com. Also, thanks to everyone who participates in our subreddit, you the best. Submit stories and vote on other stories at dailytechnewsshow.com. dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. I should really know that. Commit it to memory, Sarah. And also on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. It's almost like you covered uh, the United States' largest trade show for the past three days. Hey, uh, speaking of mail, which we weren't, but we do get it. Let's check out the mailbag. <laughs> Let's do it. In our Discord, actually, Doctor gave us the following review of his newly purchased Garmin VivoActive 3 Music Watch. Doctor says, so I'm liking the watch. I was surprised to find out that the casing is plastic, but it's sturdy, and I like how light it makes the watch on my wrist. It's an LCD, so I can keep the screen on and be, and be visible in full light, but invisible in the darkness. Heart rate, sleep, and step tracking all rock. Battery life is incredible at a bit over four days. The only downside is then when replying when replying to messages, you can only use canned responses, whereas I was expecting to be able to use a keyboard and type something out like my old watch. But I never really used it that much, so oh well. See, that's why they got rid of that, because the keyboard's so clunky on watches that people don't use it. Yeah. So... You know, without something like the swipe thing they do on the Apple Watch, it's probably better to just have canned responses or voice recognition or or something like that. But uh, yeah, I, I like this because it's it's an actual person using the device, and it's one that we don't hear as m- enough about. We hear about Google Watches, we hear about Apple Watch all the time. We don't hear about That's Garmin right. Vivo Active that often. Yeah, thanks, Doctor. Um, keep it coming, everybody. And also thanks to Justin Robert Young for being with us this fine Thursday. We missed you. Oh. What have you been doing for the last week? Oh, well, you know, I, I've been hard at work on the brand <laughs> new Night Attack album. If you're unfamiliar, I do a comedy show with my pal Brian Brushwood, and we have come out with a few comedy albums over the years. The newest will be on January 22nd. The brand new album entitled All's Well will feature not only the comedy stylings of Brian and I, but also the original music created by one of the best uh, contributors to our community, Stephen Cogswell, for three years, friends. Stephen Cogswell, every week, has made an original song using the words that we said on the previous week's episode. It's how we open every episode of Night Attack, and we have now collected the best of his work 
onto one album along with original tracks from Brian and I. All's well on January 22nd. Excellent. Folks, uh, if you didn't know, there are a million ways to support DTNS by giving us a million million. dollars. Just that's your million ways right there. No, uh, there's lots of different ways to support us. Uh, There's obviously Patreon. We talk about that all the time. Uh, There's uh, just listening to the ads on the free version of the show. Uh, There's PayPal. There's merchandise in our store, dailytechnewsshow.com slash store. Uh, But if you, even if you know all this, go to dailytechnewsshow.com slash support and check out the video that Joe Kuntz did uh, to explain all those different ways. It was was really cute. It's really fun. Uh, And we thank him for for putting that together for us. And uh, don't forget, folks, uh, if you are a patron at the $5, the associate producer level, you've got a brand new column from Roger Chang about the things that caught his eye at the Consumer Electronics Show and a perspective that only Roger has. So check it out. Patreon.com slash DTNS. We could not do this without your feedback. Your feedback helps make our show alive. Feedback at DailyTechNewsShow.com is where to direct those emails. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2130 UTC. Find out more. Tell a friend. Tell your mom. Tell your aunt at DailyTechNewsShow.com slash live. We'll be back tomorrow. Talk to you then. (laughs) Whoa, that's the wrong button. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at FrogPants.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.